You're listening to the B Fox and B Frank show. We are back after what was a massive weekend weekend in college basketball. Stop me if you've heard this before. I have more losers than winners this week. Um, there are some teams that are fully in free fall mode, um, but we will we will start with the winners as we always do. Who was a big winner for you from last week? You know, I wanted. I was very close and ready to go with North Carolina, and then of course they go out and lose to Clemson at home because why wouldn't they? Uh, so I have to go back to an old, old, old friend, St. Mary's. The Gales have won 11 in a row, rather quietly. They sit 10-0 and in the West Coast Conference and picked up uh, a very nice win at Gonzaga. Uh, again, this is not the tip. It's a very talented Gonzaga team, but it is not one that has uh, the metrics behind them, the wins behind them that you normally expect out of Mark Few's team. Um, but Nonetheless, it is still the best win you can get in the West Coast Conference. They've now opened up a two and a half game lead for the league title with just six games to play for them. They are sitting very pretty and and look like uh, they can not only run the table, but not only win the league, but they can run the table in the West Coast Conference. Um, To yeah, just to build off your initial point, I Almost started with Kansas, but then they lost to Kansas State, who has been playing terribly. Yeah. But shout out to the big wins over the weekend in those marquee matchups did not necessarily carry into this week as well as as some teams might have hoped. But yeah, right. I, I think in conference play, this is where most were, or a lot of people at least, were expecting St. Mary's to be. Um, they, they were the favorite coming into the season. Gonzaga certainly has not been playing the best basketball, have some injuries they're dealing with, but a lot of teams are. And yeah, I mean, St. Mary's took the the foot off the gas a little bit, only beat Pacific by 41 in the rematch after beating them by 48 the first time. So something mm-hmm. to build on there. But yeah, I mean, the the final game of the, the regular season is, I, I don't know if it actually is every year, but I feel like it's Gonzaga-St. Mary's final yeah. game every year. That might not mean anything at this point, right? Um, because to this point, it, it really does not look like St. Mary's will lose. They've they've had a couple close calls along the way. Loyola Marymount gave them two pretty good games, um, but doing a great job of uh, kind of undoing the situation they put themselves in in the non-conference when we had the real conversation, like this does not look like an at-large team. And, and this is a team fighting too. Uh, a stat that I feel like would surprise a lot of people that they've never made the tournament three straight years. They have an opportunity to do that this year. Um, and I mean, are, are well on their way to doing so um, getting that, that huge, huge win over Gonzaga also being on the road. Um, just, just adding a little extra to that, but yeah, it's uh this is the same areas that we were hoping to see. And I mean, finally they are playing like that team. So that's, that's pretty refreshing. Cause again, it was, it was rough in the non-conference. Um, the, the way they started the season really did not see a, a path to kind of get to this point where they look comfortably in the field. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And they are, doing it with defense more than anything like yeah the offense has been there which which is kind of what we expected they have Mahaney who 
hasn't shot the ball great, but has the ability to score at all three levels. If you look at their schedule, they've got six games left. I think I misspoke and said five. They have six games left. Four of them are at home. The two biggest games are San Francisco and Gonzaga, both at home. And they get Pepperdine twice, who's near the bottom of the league. They have Portland, and then they have San Diego, all teams that are in the bottom four. Like This is shaping up very nicely for the Gales to, to win, get through, get into, what is it now, the semifinal of the West Coast Conference tournament? because of how they they changed it and then have to win a game basically to get to an at-large bit at worst. Yeah, I mean, the, the problem in the non-conference was just kind of lack of secondary options after Mahaney. So when he went out as a focal point of defenses and struggled, they didn't really have anybody else picking up the slack. Now you have more consistency from guys like Saxon and Jefferson. Um, mm-hmm. and, and yeah, like I think at worst at this point, you'd probably be looking at a, a share of the title since they're two games up in the loss column. And to your point, like maybe you drop games to San Francisco and Gonzaga, but I, I mean, outside of that, there's really no reason to to think that, that anybody else would be able to get the better of them barring, you know, some circumstances out of their control. But yeah, yeah. this is a, this is a team that that's going to be very dangerous come March. Um, I, I think there, there's a lot of, uh, teams that they have the potential to meet up with in early rounds who aren't going to be, you know, very familiar with them playing on the West coast, still something we deal with. And also just stylistically, they are always just a rough matchup for teams, especially with short turnaround. Um, if they mm-hmm. happen to, to win their first round game and yeah, I, I mean, they, they're, they're a proven commodity at this point. We have a large enough sample size um, to back that up and they can, they can defend very, very well. Um, you know, while there there are the the annoyances of you know severely limiting the number of possessions, um, sometimes can can do you more harm than good. But um, they're they're talented enough with a, with a, a lead guard like Mahaney to certainly run the table in the West Coast Conference, and then you know see what happens in the tournament. Yeah, and their resume is not devoid of good wins. They just missed a lot of opportunities in the non-conference. They have a 14-point win over New Mexico, which has aged very nicely, and then a win over Colorado State. Uh, that that will do them some good. But, if I mean, they, they played solid competition. San Diego State, Xavier, Utah, Boise State, uh, Missouri State has fumbled a little bit this year. But uh, other than that, it's a solid schedule may not have the the marquee wins that they wanted or expected, but still Gales look good. Yeah. It it was kind of weird with, uh, you know, winning some of the tougher games and then losing to, you know, Missouri state Weaver state. Um, yeah. Some games that, that nobody really had, uh, on their radar as, as tough ones, but right. Um, got a shout out South Carolina again, finally Mm -hmm. ranked, um, six straight wins now. They are, uh, I mean, they're they're beating just about everybody, and you know they uh, they are finally getting a lot more production from kind of a, a freshman that they had high hopes for in uh, in Murray Boyles. Um, two straight games, sixteen point performances. They avenged their loss to Georgia by winning at Georgia, and then got a close win over Ole Miss, who. For all of the fraudulent chatter, um, which I think 
is is justified, but at this point, nobody's really treated Ole Miss as a you know top twenty team anymore. They'll they'll still yeah. probably be a tournament team. Um, this is a historic season for South Carolina. I can't remember them ever being this good in the regular season, um, and they just continue to win. Huge matchup uh, next week at Auburn, but I mean they are completely in control of their own destiny. Um, they they avenged the one questionable loss, which was to Georgia. But I mean, they're twenty and three. They're they're basically the same record as Purdue. I'm not going to say they're the same team, but um, just just something worth mentioning because it took them far longer than it should have to be ranked at all um, with the the quality of wins they've been able to get in the sec. Um, but they are, they are just rolling right now. Yeah. I think the closest you can get to uh, this iteration of the South Carolina team is the, the Chris Silva final four team in 16, 17 or whenever that was. Um, but yeah, they, they're playing great basketball. They look, look the part of a team that can do some damage come March um, and continue to run through some of the the better and then take care of business against the the bottom of the league. So, you know, they have those wins over Kentucky and Tennessee uh, and then really have have handled well the, the game at Georgia and Ole Miss. Hopefully Vanderbilt is not too much of a look ahead for them because that would be a, just a very unfortunate loss after getting all this praise and all this hype. Um, but yeah, they, they've been playing really well lately. I think it was very funny to see Seth Davis, of all people, forget to rank South Carolina, or at least he, yeah. he forgot to rank them. When Sunday at uh, halftime of the Wisconsin-Purdue game, he gave out, they were doing like a fake Grammys show for for college basketball and gave out an award to South Carolina. So it's like, all right, Seth, what do you actually pay attention to during the game, during you know, your job, what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. I mean, that, that team uh, that made the final four was a seven seed, probably going to get a better seed this year. And also yeah. like they have a great chance to just set a school record for wins. Cause they, they yeah. had set it two consecutive seasons under Frank Martin, 25 and then 26 um, sitting on 20 right now, seven or eight games left in the regular season. Um, so yeah, they, they could very easily do it, um, but yeah, it's uh, it's been very fun to watch. Um, it, it's there, there's certainly going to be challenging games, but you take care of of things like home games against Vanderbilt, LSU. Um, you know, hope you you take care of the the teams you are better than on the road. Cause, I mean, they've they won at Tennessee. That is that is yeah. an outstanding win um, over a team that is, you know going to be one of the favorites in March Madness because a couple teams have to be. I know everybody's dropping games uh, right. left and right for the most part. With like UConn and Purdue are really the only teams out there right now that are avoid or staying above the fray a little bit, but everybody else is dropping games. Like South Carolina is one of those teams where it's it's looking more and more like a, a why not um possibility like that they could make a, a second weekend run or or even further the way that they're playing mm -hmm. no doubt about it uh the other big winner i had is uh baylor baylor is has yeah. bounced back nicely um after some some struggles 
to start Big 12 play, uh, especially back-to-back wins over uh, fellow ranked teams, Iowa State and Texas Tech. Um, I know we we had concerns about the defense, and it's still, you know, not going to win them many games, but it's gotten better. Um, and the, mm. the offense has done enough to kind of hold up there out of the bargain. Ray J. Dennis continues to be one of the best transfers in America, leading scorer in both of those wins with 18 and 21 points points respectively and it's just they they can they can just beat you in waves from the perimeter and uh you know iowa state had been playing excellent basketball texas tech without warren washington struggling a little bit but still having a a good season was near the top of the conference and uh now baylor would have thought this was crazy to say a, a week and a half ago but they've got a real chance to win the Big 12. Um, they're, you know, now tied with Iowa State and so just a, a half game behind Houston um, ahead of a, a huge, huge matchup with Kansas this weekend. Um, but Scott Drew has, has righted the ship very nicely. Yeah, they've, they've looked much better in these last couple games. Obviously, you look better when you win than yeah. when you give up, you know, 105 in a, a crazy game against TCU. Um, the, the the concern at this point still is on the road. Their the road wins in conference right now are UCF, who is much better than I think a lot of people expected, us included, uh, and and have given teams fits at home. And then Oklahoma State, which is not a good team whatsoever, sitting at the bottom of the Big Twelve. But they've got a bunch of road games coming up, as you mentioned. At Kansas is the big one this weekend. Uh, West Virginia, BYU, TCU, and Texas Tech to close the year. Opportunities to kind of shake off uh, some of the fears or some of the concerns about this team by by snatching a couple road wins there. Otherwise, uh, you know, they've got just a brutal close to the schedule. But then again, I think everyone in the Big 12 can say the same thing. Yeah, just zero gimmies. Um, yeah. Like, you, you can't even overlook West Virginia because they, they've already knocked off Kansas. Uh, it's, yeah. We we say this seemingly every year, but the the Big Twelve, even in its its current iteration, like Houston, obviously we knew they were going to be good. Um, you know, BYU, Cincinnati, UCF, not really a a huge learning curve as there was like football. It was very clearly a massive adjustment. Those teams were all uh, near the bottom, but they've they've all played extremely well um, considering the circumstances. And considering what preseason expectations were for all of yeah. those teams, nobody was really expecting much from them. So they have they have made life difficult for all the uh, you know Big Twelve mainstays. So yeah, I mean Baylor's playing great, but there is no opportunity to take your foot off the gas even a little um, no. because anyone can beat you, and that's that's why the the conference tournament is going to be so much fun too. No doubt about it. Who else did you have as a winner? South Florida deserves yeah. a shout out. The Bulls are nine and one sitting alone atop the American standings. They are up a game in the wing column over Florida Atlantic. Uh, the state of Florida runs the American. They have not lost since their loss to UAB, which includes win a, a win, excuse me, over Memphis, and then this past weekend they beat Charlotte, who was also eight and one, sitting near the top of the American standings. And this is a, a heck of a turnaround for South Florida overall. 
they really just have that FAU game. I mean, SMU is playing some solid basketball. That will be a tough one. Tulane has played played some good games. They're at Charlotte, but it's get through the next couple. If you can find a way to to win at home against FAU, then you're very much in the driver's seat for the American title, which I don't think anyone would have anticipated preseason. No, no. I mean, especially the way they they started the season too. The, the non conference is uh, not great. Um, you know, like yeah. your your wins over teams like Florida State and Loyola are probably the best of the bunch. But neither of those teams is going to make the tournament in all likelihood. Um, mm-hmm. So it's it's pretty much just you're going to have to win the conference tournament um, to to make it in. But I mean, they have been they have been playing some very close, very entertaining games. Um, of course, the the one that really started to get them on on everyone's radar was that huge comeback over uh, Memphis. That the, the start sort of of uh, of Memphis's downfall. Prior has been a, an outstanding front court player for them, mm-hmm. um, and this is another thing like it's some new blood where. We're we're finally kind of in a, a situation, you know, Houston's gone. This this conference is up for grabs. FAU's coming in. I don't know necessarily expecting that they would coast because they're they're absolutely getting everybody's best shot every time out. Um, Memphis right. had aspirations of the title, but you know, a team like South Florida, which does not have anything resembling a rich basketball history, has been really fun to watch, just the the absolute tear they're on and I mean, FAU is going to get in either way, so I would not mind seeing South Florida, you know, win win the conference tournament and and get the automatic bid. Either them or Charlotte, who also mm-hmm. does not have a, a good basketball history of late, um, would would be a lot of fun. Yeah, it in it speaks volumes to Amir Abdul Rahim in his yeah. first season, I think, coming over from Kennesaw State, where he did some awesome stuff there, getting them to the NCAA tournament. And then he's got a couple guys from that team, like a couple names that you will recall if they happen to make it back to the NCAA tournament. You will you will see some uh uh names that you recognize, like Chris Youngblood, who is the second leading scorer for this team. Yeah, they they should have beaten Xavier. I'm still I'm still upset about that. I'm sure he is too, more, yeah. more so than I am, uh, having no personal connection. But yeah, I I would I would love to see Young Glenn get another, another shot at March. Um, yeah, and, you know, maybe win a game and uh, make something happen. Uh, that that was that was all the winners I had. Um, if you had any more, I have. Two more and two shout-outs. Okay. Uh, well, one more and three shout-outs is how I'm going to do it. Uh, I'm going to give Tennessee a, a winner this week. We talked about them a little bit, but they really showed something in this win at Kentucky, 103 points. This is something that I don't think we ever expected a Tennessee team to be able to do. They are winning in ways, just a number of different ways. And this game, really, they they kept... Kentucky at arm's length for a vast majority of the second half um, and and didn't even do it or didn't even need, I should say, Dalton Connect to score, you know, 30 plus, 20 plus. He had 16 in this game. Ziegler had 26. Triple J had 26. Like they, they were getting scoring from other guys. Defensively, you obviously would like to see them play uh, a bit better on that side of the ball. Maybe stop Rob Dillingham from going off. And, and having a monster game, but 
these are the wins that give me confidence in being able to pick Tennessee to go further and further in the NCAA tournament than years past. Because as we've talked about at length, it's the Vols struggle to put the ball in the hoop at times. They go through these horrible offensive stretches and offensive streaks where they just cannot seem to run any offense or get anything going. Connect obviously helps that a lot, but they are starting to get more and more production from other guys uh, on this team. And the ability to win in different ways than just slow the ball down, play solid defense, and, and hope to get a good shot on our possession, a la the Virginias of the world, uh, is great to see and, and something that can take them and carry them further in the tournament. I took this as a glass half-empty game, uh, so I have a lot of thoughts on Kentucky coming up. But mm-hmm. it is good to see that Connect doesn't have a great game. You still score 103 points. If they can ever get uh, – they keep trying to get Jordan Ganey going. If they can get him into a scoring option off the bench, that that makes them even more dangerous because you're right. You know, the, the second half in this game was 57-50. That typically yeah. would be what you would expect a full game under Rick Barnes in Tennessee to be. This is a different team, um, and I, I think I think we can – finally trust that um I, it's we're not going to be able to till till they do it in march i know but yeah um, you know connect is the the go-to guy has been sort of their their calling card all year so it's it's great like we know there is a lot of talent in this starting lineup um you know viscovi ziegler josiah jordan james they have been there they have been productive um so to have a game like this where everyone contributes in the same game is is really fun to see and yeah i I, like that this is games like this were kind of what we were hoping for um from tennessee when we we were talking about them in the preseason we kind of saw what they did in the the exhibition against michigan state is like can can they do stuff like this consistently for a lot of the year it's been like Connect will score 32. It, it's tough to get anyone more than like 15 points. But yeah, mm-hmm. games like this are definitely very encouraging if you have a, a ticket for a Tennessee national championship because this this is the, the type of performances you're going to need. Yeah, 100%. And you can say a lot about Kentucky. I think you can say a lot about Duke as well if we're going to go down the, the rabbit hole of the marquee games from this past weekend. And I think they're they're very much in the same vein, but I think it's more the ability for Tennessee to win a game like this is more important than really the opponent at yeah. at, at this level. Yeah, because the concern too is like how how much will Rick Barnes be okay with this? Like, yeah, you know, Connect can score. Is he going to be able to like? Is is Rick Barnes going to be able to put up with not holding everyone under sixty? And I, I think I think we have our answer to that. Yeah. Yeah. Which was not the answer previously. Yeah. Um, The other quick shout outs. Nevada has bounced back nicely from a three game losing streak. They've won three of four, including a road win at Utah State and a win over Colorado State to get back uh, above 500 in the Mountain West. Indiana State won the big showdown this past weekend with Drake in the Missouri Valley to take a two-game lead over the Bulldogs and the Bradley Braves. They continue to look good, and the the rest of the country is starting to wake up to Robbie Avila, a guy that you and I have talked about for a bit this year. Um, And then the Ivy League is arguably the most intriguing mid-major race in the entire country. 
right now, you would think Princeton would be running away with it after the the hot non-conference and, and end of last season that they had. But no, it is Cornell and Yale both sitting at 6-0 and who play each other this weekend uh, in New Haven, Connecticut for uh, for outright first place with that have a two-game lead over Princeton. Both of those teams actually just beat uh, the Tigers at home uh, over the past week and a half. So really exciting and intriguing race in the Ivy League. If you have ESPN+, Plus, highly recommend checking that game out because it will be a fun one. Yeah, I, I mean, I will I will be sick if Princeton misses the tournament because they they started the year off yeah, just rolling and I mean has been playing pretty good basketball throughout. Yale is is definitely a team that can win a game in in March. I haven't watched a ton of Cornell, but if Yale gets in, I'm fine with that because the Ivy League will will show out. Um, yeah, yeah, but there is there is some some high quality basketball being played in the Ivy League, and it has been um, very very refreshing to see because it's. You know, we we've had some good Yale teams. We've had some good Harvard teams. It feels like up until Princeton last season, it had been a little bit of a, a colder stretch. Um, so yeah, th- this has been a lot of fun. And Indiana State too, a team that really needs to take advantage of this year because a lot of people, a lot of schools are going to be coming after uh, shirts. Um, yeah, maybe DePaul, maybe better programs that he's more likely to say yes to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, to close the loop on the Ivy League, Cornell, I have not seen a ton of them either. 26th in tempo, 52nd in adjusted offense per Ken Palm. They like to get up and down. They like to shoot the ball, and they like to score. Uh, 50% shooting from the field. Not necessarily a great three-point shooting team, but they're going to push it, and they're, they're a very good and capable scoring team. Um, go, going over to the losers, I, we... We brought it up, or I brought it up. Um, Kentucky, um, not only the the loss to Tennessee, but losing to Florida as well. Florida's a, a fine team, um, but giving up 94 to them, 103 to Tennessee. Um, at the very least, they, they got wins over Arkansas and Vanderbilt, um, who would be the two worst teams in the conference if Missouri didn't exist, but... Just this team does not seem to have any interest in playing defense. And it's getting pretty frustrating because it is so readily apparent how talented this team is. You have mm-hmm. Rob Dillingham uh, coming off the bench, dropping 35 against Tennessee, and, and you just completely waste that. You can't get a stop. Antonio Reeves having a, a great season. Reed Shepard has been great. You can go all the way through the roster is like there, there are no shortage of weapons on this team. They're athletic. They, they just do not seem to, to want to lock in, um, in crunch time or, or really anytime and, and play defense. It's, it's getting pretty crazy. Like even some of these wins, like the, the Georgia game, they, they give up 96. Thankfully they score one Oh five and get out of there. But, um, this this is a team that seems like it is fully signing up for we're just going to do everything in our power to outscore you um, because we know that we're not going to be able to do anything defensively. And I, I just think it, it, it does not have to be this way. 
Yeah, uh, they have the biggest split in the top 25 of Ken Palm between offense and defense, fifth offensively, 104th defensively. It should be a surprise to absolutely no one at this point. It It's... it's I'm not going to put all the blame on Cal, but I'm going to put some of the blame on Cal because he deserves it. This is yeah. like his program. This is how he's running it. But it is also kind of what is becoming of high school and AAU basketball, right? It's becoming more of that offensive only uh all-star game type feel and you can outscore opponents it, the game's easy when all you have to do is go out there and drop 30 because no one can play defense it's easy but when you get to the higher levels and you start playing better competition all of a sudden you're you're getting stuck up and you you know instead of shooting 10 of 15 you're going 5 of 15 and that's costing your team a game and, and a ton of money but excuse me, a, t- a ton of points. And I I don't know that it's an easy fix other than slowing the game down, but they, they can't slow down because if at any point, if they don't score over 80 this year, it seems like they're going to lose. Yeah. I, I like th- this will be one of the oldest sentences I've ever said, but like you watch a mixtape, you're not seeing guys diving for loose balls you're not seeing guys moving their feet to to beat a guy to a spot um yeah because like it's it's not a it's not a question of talent like i i think a, a comparable situation um in some ways is like look at the transformation that saint john's has made over the course of the year like th- this is a team that rick patino had some very real concerns about um, the start of the season because these were all guys who were either the primary or secondary scores from the schools they were at before. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, defense was secondary or tertiary. And, you know, that was losing them games um, to teams that they were more talented than. They've come together. Um, you know, they don't have the high end talent that Kentucky does, but. Without question, they have improved dramatically on that end of the floor over the course of the season. Um, and there's no reason that Kentucky can't do the same. It, it just, I, I think a, it is very fair to put that on Cal um, and, you know, ask for more from him because, you know, this is, this was the criticism he had for years and years when it was just getting all the top recruits, just rolling the ball out and letting them play. Now it almost mm-hmm. feels like that's happening too much. Um, so yeah. like we, we know how good these guys can be. If they can kind of lock in, play defense together, this is a team that is more than capable of winning the national championship. They have that talent. Um, but now they're, they're just kind of mired in, in this situation where, you know, if they're not holding opponents under, or I mean, if, if they themselves are not scoring, like, 85, 90 points every time out, it's going to be very hard for them to win games. And that's like, you, you have to be able to give yourself the, the opportunity to have an off night shooting and and still win. Right. Right. It's, it's the exact opposite of what we were talking about with Tennessee. Like Tennessee does not want those games. Kentucky is begging for them because if they don't have them, they they're not going to win. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I mean, we, we talked about, this other one a little bit too. Texas Tech. Um, yeah, they are they are struggling to defend as well. Three straight losses: TCU, Cincinnati, Baylor. Cincinnati is the one that kind of jumps out the most there. Again, uh, no no Warren Washington against Baylor, um, but 
that that really hurt them on the interior. Um, pretty much just playing the game with, uh, you know, a lot of lineups with no one over 6'6". Six, six. It's just tough to win in the, the Big 12. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, like, Baylor just went through this, essentially. Um, Three-game losing streak. It's, it's about how they respond. But... Um, there is a there is a potential that this could be a a quick nosedive because you know even if you get through UCF you've got Kansas you've got Iowa State right after that um, so Grant McCaslin has done a great job so far with this bunch um, but this is a huge gut check time and next couple of weeks are, are going to be massive because this team is quickly going in the wrong direction. Yeah, stop this kid. Beat, beat UCF, focus one game at a time at this point and, and figure out a way uh, to compete at home against Kansas, who's looked susceptible this year and, and can be knocked off. Otherwise, it, it's very hard to win at Hilton. And then, you know, if you, you somehow stumble through that, that could be curtains for your season. Like, it, it can go downhill so fast in the Big 12, and that's the biggest problem right now. If they can't figure out the defensive end of the floor, then it's it's going to be very tough. Uh, for them to to compete in games that aren't against Iowa State. Yeah, the the thing about the the Big Twelve too is like there are probably a lot of teams that don't think there's a way to play themselves out of the tournament or down like four more seed lines, and there absolutely is. Yeah, like they like we said with Baylor, it's like there there are no gimmies anymore. Um, if there ever were, um, so yeah, it's. I am glad I do not root for a team in the Big 12. I always <laughs> say that. I have uh, a lot a lot of the Big 10, I realized. Um, okay. I, I had one. I have Wisconsin, Ohio State, Maryland, and Northwestern all getting shout-outs this week. Um, Wisconsin losing at Nebraska is tough especially considering the the circumstances with which they were they were playing in they had the lead in the big 10 they had uh you know they controlled their own destiny they were playing an inferior nebraska team and then go out and lose by eight and then the showdown with purdue the score makes it look a lot closer than it was it's purdue's inability yet again to handle pressure in late game situations that made this game closer but throughout purdue was was taking care of business and, and keeping Wisconsin at arm's length or further and just the inability to make shot like if AJ store is off offensively there really isn't isn't a ton there Klesmic can score it as well but he if he's off as well you know both of them are are not shooting well they're not going to win many games they both struggled in this game uh against Purdue and and it ended up costing them um but defensively they look just so susceptible despite having height that can i don't want to say match up with ed because no one really can can match up with zach ed but they they had height and they have bodies to cycle in and out and they just could not could not really do much with it and Braden smith had a great game in that that one as well yeah i mean call it spade a spade wisconsin was never the sixth best team in america um yeah that was that was a ranking that i think to a man everyone was like we're getting a little carried away here. Um, and I, I'm willing to give a little grace uh, 
because Nebraska does not lose at home unless it's to Creighton. They also do not win on the road unless it's against Kansas State. Like, mm-hmm. Big Ten play, I think they've followed that model exactly, which has to be incredibly frustrating if you're a fan of that team because they, they can look so good at home and then just get blown out by a not great Maryland team uh, the second yeah. they, they step foot outside of uh, Pinnacle Bank Arena. Um so tonight at Northwestern after we record this might not go so great, but yeah, I like it's, it's a, it's a weird Wisconsin team because it's, it's outside the mold. Like they should not have any trouble scoring. Um, they've, they've got plenty of guys on the perimeter. Like, you know, store is an atypical Wisconsin player, as We've said, Klesmet has had massive games. Um, and then even if you go further down, like Chucky Hepburn's had big moments Connor Cesian is still a very good score, even though yeah. Greg Gard just refuses to play him anymore. Um, and yeah, but Purdue seems inevitable um, that they're going to win the Big Ten. Wisconsin is not totally out of it, but um, you you played Purdue um, in February when the last couple of years their slide has started and it did not. So that feels like especially at home, a big opportunity wasted um, to really, you know, solidify yourself in that position um, to make a run. And now, you know, two games behind in the win column um, is, is going to be an uphill battle for sure. Um, Yeah. It's, it's pretty much just that, you know, the, the three teams at the top of the standings are the only three teams I'm, I'm confident at this point will make the dance. Um, you can make arguments for Nebraska and Northwestern. Um, yeah. And I guess Michigan State is technically still alive, but that's it. Like, I, I think anything more than five teams this year would be a surprise. Um, so if you lose to anybody outside that group, you are very <laughs> much not a serious program. It's, and I mean, that's that's part of why the rest of these teams get get shouted out i mean maryland is just an absolute disaster right now um offensively they are horrific and and they got handled by an even or just as bad offensive team in rucker um ohio state blew the massive lead against indiana which i i mean it's a credit to indiana to be able to come back from that it is an absolute disaster if you're ohio state already having a bad year already wondering if Chris Holtman's time is is running out or up I think I think we we're getting closer and closer to uh that inevitability um and then Northwestern had done has done so much good for themselves they have now lost three of their last five granted one of them was overtime against Purdue but you've got losses at Nebraska and at Minnesota they this team just doesn't win on the road and that is a massive as we've seen in the past, especially in this year's edition of the Big Ten, where things in general just aren't carrying as much weight as they usually do. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll go through each of these. Maryland's bad. Uh, yeah. You know, that losing to Rutger outside of uh, the rack, Jersey Mike's Arena, um, the Grindhouse, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. That's bad. Um, Northwestern. Still has that loss to Chicago State hanging over their head. So at they the do. end of the day, if you turn out to be a middling team in the Big Ten, 
you've got those wins over Purdue and Illinois, two surefire tournament teams, but you had that Chicago State loss still um, weighing them down. And I, I think I think they're still in the tournament right now. Um, I, I think yeah. they'd have to continue to implode to, to lose that, but it's more tenuous than you would you would think and you would hope um, at this point in the season, certainly. Um, Ohio State's dead. Um, yes. I, I mean, I, I watched, like, I would feel okay about Indiana right now, but, like, this game from Ohio State, I just saw Indiana do it at home against Penn State, and I, I know, like, how pathetic that is um, to be in complete control in a game where Indiana got absolutely nothing from Kalel Ware, who has been far and away their best player this season. I think he had one rebound and six points. Um, they had no answer for Malik Renew. Um, Trey Galloway also had an outstanding game, as did everyone's favorite real estate agent, Anthony Leal. Um, but this is not a good Indiana team, I will be the first to tell you. Um, Ohio State has been losing to everybody. Um, yeah. I, I think they've lost eight of nine now. So, you know... Kiss it feels like an annual thing now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And like again, Goodman with the victory lap when they were twelve and two. Um, you know, because it, it took them so long last year to get their twelfth win. Because um, mm-hmm. they they went on a similar swoon like this. Um, but the big difference this year, they are not um, quite the same metric darlings. I mean, they're still a lot higher than I would expect. Like they're right above James Madison, um, 68th in Ken Palm right now, but we're getting to a point where it's like Chris Holtman, get ready to learn field of 68, buddy. Cause that's yeah. probably where you're going to be next year. You're heading, you're heading there soon. I, it, you know, we have a true sicko game this weekend with Maryland and Ohio state. So that should be a ton of fun. Yeah. So, I mean, somebody has got to win that game and, I, I don't know. Like, I I know there have been talks for a lot of the season. It's like, how much is Kevin Willard's heart really in this? Is he just looking to Louisville? Um, I know anyone is a step up from Kenny Payne, but like, I don't know. I feel like all the all the guys they've been talking about are just like Mick Cronin too. Just absolute uh, dumpster fires this season. So, and I guess it's all relative. Not only that, like what makes you think that he can be successful there at all? Yeah. What has he shown? Yeah. I mean, the only argument is like if he's actually locked in and maybe he's not at Maryland right now, but that's, that's giving him a lot of credit. Um, Yeah. So yeah, I I don't know. I mean, Maryland's roster is, is a disaster and we, I I think that just, it it has been for several seasons too. Mm -hmm. Like it's, they are, the Stan Van Gundy era Pistons um, trying to play Josh Smith of the three, like their, their entire roster is fives who think that they're small forwards. Like it's, it is it's quite bad. literally an Andy Katz list. Yeah. <laughs> um, I also had Missouri. Um, yeah. Ohio state was obviously on mine. Cause yeah, they are, they're bad. Missouri. Oh, and nine in the sec um we have who knows what's going on at arkansas rumors are swirling yeah um but and and vanderbilt also exists but they do missouri still winless um is is just 
wild to see because um, you know this is I, I know Kim Anderson had some rough times, but um, you know la- last year under Dennis Gates was pretty impressive um, for most of the year, and you know we, we've talked about losing uh, losing Kobe Brown was was a huge loss, but I mean the the last two games they have played those teams that you would think they could beat um, mm-hmm. in, you know, they gave Vanderbilt its first win. I believe they also lost to Arkansas, who again is just going through something. Um, yeah. But r- right now it is, it is bad. They, they might not win another game this year. Um, they, they struggle to score consistently. They struggle to defend all of the, all of the, the attributes you would expect from a, a team that's is in last in the sec. And I like, Tamar Bates, it could have been different. Could have could have stuck around and, and given us your 50, 40, 90 shooting. Um, but it it is being wasted right now in Columbia. Yeah, it's it's bad. It is very bad. And as a team that uh, a fan fan of a team that was looking to Missouri as their only hope in terms of a non-conference win, <laughs> this has been horrible. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh and it's not even a road road win it is a, a neutral site win which isn't the worst part about it because you flew all the way to Kansas City to beat Missouri by 6 and don't even get the benefits of having played on the road even though it was basically a true road game um they 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 just don't have that guy that they can look at on both ends of the floor to get a stop or go you know go guard the best player on the other team and then take over uh offensively it, it's sean east is playing well like you mentioned tamar bates is shooting the ball incredibly well but it's not he's not so they're not guys that can go out hunt their shots and and separate and, and make those plays defensively they are a disaster they are just so bad on that end of the floor and until that gets sorted, like we've talked about, it, it's going to be rough the rest of the season. And I don't know, given who they've already already lost to, I don't know where they find a win in SEC play. No, I mean they they had those opportunities, um, yeah, just now, like most recently. So yeah, I I don't know, like maybe LSU to end the season, but even that's on the road. So I like. They're they're close in the standings to like Mississippi State and Georgia. I don't see them anywhere close to those teams. No. Um, and I think really that the Georgia and Mississippi State are close, more a reflection of how good the SEC is than anything else. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I don't I don't foresee it getting better anytime soon. Neither do I. All right, I mean, that's it for me for losers. Who else you got? I am just giving two shout outs, shout outs to our only winless teams in the country that still remain. It's Mississippi Valley State. The Delta Devils are a a well-known Tradition. commodity at the bottom of uh, the Division One standings. And then our dear friends over at Detroit have lost 24 games. Uh, it is it is quite ugly. They're 0-13 right now in the horizon. They have seven games left in the season. Four of those seven are on the road, and one of them is against IUPUI, who they are two a game and a half behind. Excuse me. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it gets better. I, I don't know, and I, I I don't think 
It does. I, I am hopeful that both of these teams can find wins to close out the year, but I'm not confident. Yeah, I, I just feel bad for Mike Davis. Uh, yeah. Just great dude. Um, this team is awful. And there is a reason that Antoine Davis was scoring so much every single game. Uh, yeah. The rest of the roster. It's not good. And there was no, uh, obviously, contingency plan in the offseason once he finally exhausted his eligibility. So, yeah, I again, like like Missouri, the, the team that they would have – beaten if they're going to beat someone is IEPUI. Um so yeah it's uh it, it's it's just close your eyes and and hope the the season ends soon. Yeah. That is all I had. All right. On that uplifting note that will uh that'll do it for us. We will see you again next week.